Alrighty, live and kicking. And today we're doing a slightly different time, which may have been a bad call. We'll see who shows up. I was trying to suit the people in America. That doesn't work. Probably just go back to the normal time. So it's me by myself for now, but as other people join on, we'll bring them in. And we're going to be talking about attraction. Now I want to start by saying, if you go through Brodery material, especially my stuff, you'll see that I'll just constantly be talking about being honest and letting go of the outcomes and so on. But I want to challenge myself to give more than that, essentially. Uh, because I've, I've, I've recognized something that is, it's, it's this tricky dilemma that I'm in. I do not want to condone the pursuit of outcomes uh, at all. I don't want to say like trying to make someone attracted to you is a good motivation because I don't believe that. I believe it's a terrible motivation. Wanting people to be attracted to you is fine. Trying to make it happen, I think, is doomed. Uh, it's either not going to work at all or will only work on people who are not a good fit for you. Or it'll work on someone who's not a good, who is a good fit for you, but then you have to kind of reconcile it later when their true self comes out and that usually leads to a disaster. So. That being said, I don't want to do yet another webinar on how you should be honest and bold and courageous and just let people judge you because I've, I've, I've done that one multiple times. What I have noticed, especially when I run workshops and do live stuff with clients, is that I do notice some things where I'm like, that's something that's outside of values, like a little behavioral habit they do or the way they maintain themselves, their hygiene, something that's it, not really anything to do with integrity. It's just a little extras in life. And they're actually kind of, they're making it harder for themselves, right? And, and I used to do things like this as well. So today I want to talk about some of the things that you can do to bring out what attractiveness is genuine in you to those who are a good fit for you without forcing it or contriving it or being something that you're not. I want to talk today about the things you can do that will never be a breach of your values and you can still let go of the outcomes and yet you can do these things knowing that you're kind of upping your game in an ironic sense that you're you're making it easier for people to be attracted to you rather than making it hard for them. I think that's a good way of putting it. Some guys out there, they might be living by their values, but they're also doing things that make it hard for people to be attracted to them. And they don't need to be doing these things in order to have integrity. They're, they're extra kind of bad habits or poor communication skills or lack of an interesting lifestyle, whatever it is that actually they're, they would be living by their values to, to improve these things, or at least it would be neutral values-wise, like, say, taking care of your hygiene. Um, and then it's easier to like you, right? It's easier for the person who's good fit for you to like you. So that's what I wanted today to be about, more so than, like, be courageous, just say what you think, let, the, let go of the outcome, all that standard stuff. Let's, let's go a little bit beyond it, go into some of the more finesse details, if you will. Okay, so we'll start, I'm just looking at my notes. I'll start by kind of acknowledging where the, the other advice in this particular realm 
where I think it falls short because when you look at other methods that people use to become as attractive as possible, at some point there's usually the requirement that you compromise your integrity in certain situations. Okay. And I want to make sure that today we stay away from that, that you don't do that essentially. The first and the most obvious one is the pickup artist or, or even the, 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 the red pill community um, style of, of making you more attractive, their, their methodology. They've got, there's a huge range, lots of variation in that space. They're not all doing one thing. They're barely all doing even the same thing. You know, every guru and teacher's got a different idea. Every school of thought has different approaches. They all have one thing in common, and that whole manosphere thing, which is if you're at the point where an attractive girl wants to sleep with you, but you have to do something that lacks integrity to cross that finish line, then you put aside your integrity. So all the pickup fields and everything, they've all got this one thing in common. That is when it comes to the crunch, when it's just a decision between the hot girl wanting to fuck you or being like yourself, being honest. If it's really down to just this fine line choice, choose the hot girl, right? Now, some of them are massive about this. Like they're saying, be fake from start to finish. And others are saying like, basically be yourself unless that dilemma comes up, right? That's kind of in the end with all the pickup stuff and all the red pill stuff, a woman's vagina still takes the top priority. An attractive woman's vagina takes the top priority over integrity when it comes to the crunch. Today, I hope to give you something that does not have that hierarchy, that always integrity is at the top, but you're not depriving yourself unnecessarily of connection, sex, fun, relationships. And I've got to be fair, like Frank, even in modern times with RSD, you know, real social dynamics and those companies that harp on a lot about authenticity these days, when, even when I review the latest stuff they're doing, there's still a lot of compromising, a lot of pretending to be the best, your best self all the time, never showing that you're tired or antisocial, never letting them see your weaknesses, you know, never buy them a drink, you know, this kind of like rules that you've got to follow all the time that are eventually at least at some point going to compromise your integrity. You're going to have to give up what you know is right to follow the rules. So I don't want to go there. And then there's the kind of more alpha natural douchebag. <laughs> That's very judgmental of me. We'll call it the wannabe alpha style, which is you put a lot of emphasis. You learn what's attractive the heavy masculine kind of attractiveness and you only do that and you only do that all the time. So you show no weakness, no femininity, no passivity. You're all flash and dominance and aggression, and assertiveness, you know, and there's big emphasis on appearance, you know, get your ass to the gym, oil up your arms, really like the, uh, what was that show, the Australian one, Gold Coast one, the GC, you know? I just remember seeing these guys, actually I saw this when I was in the Gold Coast before that show came out. 
these guys that spend all day at the gym and then they'd literally like they'd wear these sleeveless shirts and they'd oil up their arms before they went to a nightclub. You know, and I was just like, oh, what the fuck? You know, it was just so douchey. Just so douchey. Anyway. Um, so there's that style, which is, it's, it's hugely fake. And it's, it's mostly on that like kind of superficial, make an awesome first impression, but you don't have much to back it up. You kind of like, you just want to kind of stun the girl into bed. And the next day she wakes up and she's like, so do you have a personality or what? And it's kind of too late. I don't want to go there either. And then, of course, I don't want to go down the nice guy path, which is you cut your balls off. You're all compassion. You're all caring. You're the counselor, therapist, best friend they ever had. There's no balls, no sexuality. Not only is that fake, but it's probably the least effective of those three um, that I'm talking about. So I'm at this dilemma. This is what my challenge for the session is how do I give you tips and guidance and support on how to be more attractive without my Venn diagram crossing over into any of those, without pickup stuff coming in, without douchebag stuff coming in, without nice guy stuff coming in. Okay. So I've got a list of things that I think will cover that. First and foremost, I know I said I won't go into it too much, but I've got to get it out the way. Radical honesty plus high self-confidence trumps anything else I'm going to talk about today. I promise you, if you can learn how to be shamelessly honest and you learn to live in a way where you are your own source of approval and you don't need it from anyone else, that gets you 90% of the way there. Most people will be attracted enough to that that you don't even need to do anything else. You could dress like a slob. You could have bad posture. You could stutter. You know, you might not know anything. You might not be doing any, anything ambitious with your life or whatever. But if you've got radical honesty, love for yourself, confidence, you know, you're basically, you're in, right? So I, can, I know I don't want to do another video on that, but I have to emphasize, like, everything I'm talking about now is, like, that remaining 10%, okay? This is kind of, like, icing on the cake we're talking about today. But it might also be, for those of you who don't yet have the courage to be radically honest or haven't been doing values work long enough to build uh, integral confidence, then this 10% might help you cross over the line. It might make things a bit easier for you so that you can kind of, uh, it's like surfing a wave. So you've got a bit of momentum. So just emphasizing everything I'm going to talk about today is on top of living by your values. Okay. It's the icing on the cake. Now I know I'm doing a lot of foreplay here, but I'm trying to set the scene because I'm, I'm trying to be very careful that this does not come across as a message of try to get the outcomes, try to make people like you. Okay. And that's the caveat here. If, if you do any of the things I'm about to talk about today with the reason to be more attractive, then you're nullifying it. It doesn't work. You fake any of these things, you do them just to get approval and you might as well not be doing them. Okay. Because the intention behind why you're doing them, actually gives them that attractive power. You have to be doing these things for you, all right? You do them for you, they'll be attractive to other people. You do them for other people, they'll only be attractive to needy, fucked up people, okay? You've got to find your value reasons. Now, it's, it's okay if there's overlap. We're all human. If you're like, I hope this makes me more attractive too, that's fine as long as if it doesn't work, you've still got another even better reason for doing it. 
right? It's the same with anything with values or whatever, like going out there to be honest. You don't go out there to use honesty to be attractive. You go out there to be honest so you can build confidence with the hope that it'll also be attractive. But you can take or leave that icing on the cake. I want you to treat these things like this. I do make sure as I talk through each of them, you're thinking like, what's a value-based reason for me to do that? How can I benefit from it even if no one finds me more attractive because of it? Right, make sure you've got that mindset going or all of this stuff will just fall down because it'll be built on like a foundation of sand, right? It won't have good reasoning behind it. So hopefully I've set the scene enough. Um, I, I can't say more than that, but yeah. You do this for the wrong reasons, it won't work. Well, it'll work a little bit, but let's see how we go. So I've made a list. Uh, it's in no particular order. I thought of it off the top of my list. There may be things missing, but let's get into it. First and foremost, communication skills. Being able to talk confidently, um, having the kind of voice that's welcome on a public speaking stage, what that does is allows whatever you're doing to be received well. Now, when you're being radically honest, for example, you know, people might be on the fence about what you're saying, especially if you're talking about your deep, dark shames. They will tip over into attraction if that's delivered with power and charisma. And they'll tip over into creeped out if it's delivered in a creepy way. They'll be on the fence like, what you're saying about yourself is actually really neutral all the time. You could be talking about erectile dysfunction. You could talk about fishes in your asshole. You can be talking about how you cheated on your ex with her boyfriend or whatever, right? You could, you could be talking about anything horrific. You talk about it with confidence and most people will accept it, you know, and there's studies upon studies to show this, you know, confident people do better in court, everything, right? So communication skills, think about that, like delivering your values well, you know, so building confident speaking skills is really worthwhile practice and it has the added effect, which we'll talk about body language in a second as well. When you speak confidently, you will literally feel more confident. Okay. It will release all the good, all the good chemicals, yeah? serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, all of that can be uh, self-generated by presenting yourself more confidently. So, First and foremost, if you want to learn how to do this, socialize a lot. Okay. Practice, practice, practice. This is not something that you do at home sitting around thinking. To become confident in speaking, you need to be well experienced in speaking. Hundreds, thousands of hours. Right? One of the best things you can do in terms of doing it by yourself as practice is film yourself. Okay. Get to the point where you watching yourself on video is riveting. Okay. Filming yourself and watching those films, I mean, I have to do that all the time for my job. And if you, if you take the time to go back through the YouTube channel right to the very beginning, you watch my old videos, you'll see the difference. Okay. It was really hard for me to watch those first videos. I was already somebody who did a lot of public speaking and stuff by that point. Um, so I guess I was starting more like at the 50% mark rather than zero, but... I still cringe watching them because there's a lot of just neediness and eagerness and forced like uh, jollivity. 
ugh, right? But that was so helpful for me to watch those things. So filming yourself. And what you're looking for is the classic body language rules. The three rules I always talk about with body language that also apply to speaking. Slow, loud, and proud. Okay. You want to start practicing, not, not copying people, but picking up verbal patterns and, and techniques from the speakers that you are most riveted by. You know, there's a reason everybody loves Morgan Freeman's voice. If you just sort of step back and listen to it, say with David Attenborough, slow, loud, and proud. Every word is, is articulated. Every word is given its presence. There's pauses to allow you to digest each word. It's never said too quietly. You can always hear it. It cuts through the noise. It's very simple to speak confidently. It's just those three things. And the funny thing is you can stutter and, and mumble occasionally. You can make a lot of mistakes. You get those three things right, and not only will you feel confident, but you'll be so much better received. When I do workshops and when I'm working with people, these three things are also the three things that people are most likely to make a mistake with. They speak too quickly. Now, the speed at which a sentence comes out of your mouth is fine, but it's the lack of pauses, the lack of space, lack of uh, white space for people to kind of digest. Nervous people tend to speak very quickly without pauses because they're scared of losing your attention. So if you can learn to, to, to really bring pause in, into the way you speak, allow yourself to take some time to think through what you're going to say, not overthink, but actually just like put it into order in your head. You don't need to do this consciously. You just sort of sit and wait and then speak. Sit and wait and then speak. I'm doing it right now. I literally have no idea what I'm going to say next. But in each little pause, a sentence kind of just occurs to me and then comes out of my mouth. And quiet. Most guys, it comes from a social anxiety fear of not wanting to take up too much space, not wanting to be too noticeable, and therefore more likely to be rejected or, or embarrassed. Learn to speak in such a way where you speak past the person, where somebody behind them could hear you. That kind of volume, it's not shouting, it's just a core strength. When you make videos of yourself, put the camera quite far away. And keep upping your volume until watching back on the video, you're like, it's like he's right by the camera. It's like he's wearing a lapel microphone. You want to be able to broadcast your voice and throw it like that. You know, and this will require the body language, getting your shoulders back, filling up your chest with air. I'm seated right now, and I've noticed when I do videos, I, I've taken to standing up to do them because I just project so much better with just that extra kind of extinction in my torso than not the squash that happens when I sit. Right. And proud. You don't have to be sure that what you're saying is true. You just have to speak as if it is. You can be prepared to change your mind. You could be speaking about confusion and not really know what you're going to say. But whatever it is, give it like it's full juice. Imagine you're going to die in the next second. Make the last thing you say mean something. You know? And this comes down a bit to content as well. You know, really powerfully honest guys, they don't bullshit around talk about crap. They don't small talk. They don't fill space with noise. They'll stay silent 
and then something epic comes out, and then they're silent again, right? Don't just fill in the space. Let pauses happen. I'm silent. Like, I, your impression of me if you're watching this is probably that I talk a lot because when you see me, I do. But you put me in a social situation, I'm not the, the most frequent speaker. Right? You put me in a group of 10 people, if you measured it, I probably said the least amount of words. But it's kind of like I'm biding my time to say what matters. Somebody's like, oh, the weather's really nice. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't matter to me. So. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna use. I'm not gonna use my breath on that one. But if someone says something like, "Oh yeah, Brexit was a bad idea," blah blah, blah and I'll just be like, and deliver. Okay. So, I want you to just like practice slow, loud, and proud. And this this applies to the way you move as well, which we'll get into in a second. The reason I put this one first on the list is actually I think it might be one of the most important ones, combined with the same. Uh, principles applied to the rest of your body, not just your voice. But most of the time, you don't you don't need to be more interesting in terms of your content. You need to be more interesting in terms of your presentation. You can talk about the most mundane things ever. You don't actually need to be that much of an interesting person to be attractive. Okay, but you can speak in an interesting way with confidence. You know, you notice like Morgan Freeman could talk about anything and you'd find it fascinating. Same with David Attenborough. Why? Because of the way they speak. Whereas somebody who mumbles and stutters and speaks into their chest and has that apologetic, like high tone to their voice, they could be talking about the most amazing thing in the world and you'll start to lose interest. Yeah. Public speaking, take every opportunity you can. If there's an optional presentation at work, do it. You know, join Toastmasters. Just when you go to the Brojo meetup, speak. You know, don't be the one who just sits there and listens. Talk. Make sure everybody in the group can hear you. Okay. Practice these techniques every opportunity you can. Public speaking is a great one. If you've got to capture, capture the attention of more than one person at a time. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful measurement. Because if you're not doing this right, you won't capture their attention unless they're really kind and compassionate people. And if you're surrounded, like if your friend group or your work colleagues tend to be kind of arrogant and dominant, great, that's great practice ground. If you can get their attention, you're really doing this well. All right. You don't have to be smart, you don't have to be articulate, you don't have to have great ideas, you don't have to have an interesting life. You just need to speak with this power, slow, loud, proud. Yeah. Um, the 3x model course talks a bit about this. All right. There's, if you if you look up 3x model on the Brojo website, there's a lot of stuff around how this applies to voice. But get out there and practice this as often as possible. I, I remember spending like a month just going to loud volume environments just to talk to people to see if they could hear me. You know that kind of practice. Moving on, that, this also applies to body language. I'm probably repeating stuff that most of you would have heard before, but I'll say it again. Slow, loud, and proud applies to your body. And the slowness, if I can make this very specific, the slowness is about how you move your arms, your legs, your head. Uh, the greatest uh, thing I ever got from this, this is actually from my time in pickup, was move like you're underwater. 
Like you got nowhere to be, like you are right where you should be. There's no rush, no urgency. Nice and slow. Even if everyone else is walking fast, you walk slow. I let people walk ahead of me all the time. It's about holding that space, like this is my speed and this is the speed I'll go regardless of the situation. Having that slowness about you, it creates a stillness, a kind of a, a lack of, of that nervous energy that most people put off, that rushing, urgent neediness that people put out in their body language. Yeah, oh, look at me. What are you doing? What is that? You know, that kind of thing. It's just, it's distracting. And it gives that nervous energy, even if you're not nervous. Slowing yourself down also, it, it, it really reduces the cortisol and the adrenaline and endoprenophine, that, you know, that pump that goes through your system of like high energy. That's actually in reaction to your movement. You slow yourself down, you slow your breathing down, all those levels come down and you will relax more. Relaxed and confident go hand in hand. Confident and attractive go hand in hand. You relax more, you'll be more attractive. Slowing down is the simplest way to relax. No matter what's going on, no matter how late everybody is, slow. Yeah. Loud and proud when it comes to body language, I think refers mostly to this square, which I've talked about all the time. From your nipples to your chin, that needs to be opened. All right, there's the pride. There, as soon as you bring your chin down to protect your neck, as soon as your shoulders curve in with the IT hunch, right, or your hands come and protect your vital organs, it just gives this kind of victim impression. It, it reduces the, the tonality of your voice. Everything crushes in when you do this. Amy Cuddy's research uh, on body language reflecting confidence has been uh, repeatedly verified now. That you hold this area open, loud and proud, you will feel more confident and it'll be a genuine long-term change that can occur from constantly doing that. It's not really that hard for me. All I've got to remember is just keep my shoulders back. That's it. Even sitting down like this, I'm not like going, yay, right? Like I'm crossing the finish line. I'm just not going like this and crushing it. Keeping that. It's such a simple thing to do. Um, and this is why I always recommend guys get into zoop dancing. Because if you want to manage body language, nobody knows it better than Brazilians and Latinos and Spanish, you know, that those cultures know how to move, right? There's a reason that they're also great at dancing and they're also sort of sexual and unashamed and they just move beautifully and they always look beautiful even when they're not like classically structured beautiful, they always look sexy. You know, the thing about something like zoop dancing is you, learn, you have to learn how to ground yourself. You have to learn how to like use the floor to move around, which creates this kind of slowness and this power in the way you move rather than the jolty, jumpy little steps that most people do. You know, you learn to move like, like, a, like a panther. And also in order to lead your partner, you have to be really bold in your movements. You have to be like really direct and assertive without being pushy. It's this really strong way of moving and actually it will reflect out into your, the rest of your life. You know, if you're on a date and you're like, well, our table's over here and you've got this firm hand on the bottom of her back and you point boldly, you're not like, oh, I think, I think we're, over, we're over there. You know, it makes a big difference. You go, okay, I'm with a man. This is a man here. 
That's how men touch and move. Zook will teach you how men touch and move like nothing else I've ever found. Okay. I'm not saying everybody has to do Zook to be confident or that Zook makes you more attractive. Just finding something like if your body language, you know, the way you control your body is definitely a letdown for you. And from what I've seen in Brojo, that's like 70% of the guys I've met in person. Their body language is just killing it for them. It's just such an easy fix. And they, because you can't see yourself, you don't watch yourself on camera very much, you don't see what other people see. You're like, why aren't people listening to me? Why aren't they texting me back? Or, you know, I don't look that bad. Why is nobody attracted to me? You don't realize it might just be your shoulders. That's it. Just shoulders like that. And you've turned everyone off. That vulture, like, I spend a lot of time at the keyboard pose. You know, it would be amazing how much that just kills things for you. Well, you talk too fast and people's brains can't register what you're saying, so they start to numb out. You feel like people aren't listening to you, so they can't listen to you. Their brain can't keep up. There's no pauses to digest what you're saying. You know? And if you, if you move too fast, if you're urgent and, and, and quick and fidgety and, and kind of brittle, you'll give people nervous reaction. You know, you ever had that thing where you're sitting down relaxed and the person next to you is like standing up and waiting for something and you just can't relax? Like, dude, can you sit down? You're freaking me out. You know, you can have that effect on people when your body language is all fucked up, right? Even just then, I was scratching away. I've noticed a lot of people have these habits of picking away at things. So if you're someone who's always like this all the time, you know, out of nervousness, what happens is every time you do that, someone's like, oh, he's doing his ear thing again. And, and it distracts them. You might be saying something wonderful, something they could be attracted to, and you just lost them. So improving your body language doesn't require any compromise of integrity. I guarantee you're going to enjoy being you more with this improvement. It's just like being more athletic or healthier, um, which is not the same as pretending to be someone else like copying someone's body language because they're attractive I, I don't mean that but i mean moving in a way that's actually going to physically generate confident hormones you know and, and uh neurotransmitters to flow in which case you know all of this is simply like a, a vehicle delivering who you are it's easier to receive who you are when it's delivered like that so I put body language communication skills first and foremost because I think for most of you, if you make that tweak, you don't even need to watch the rest of this. All right, that plus living by your values and being honest, boom, you're away laughing. I've seen the most boring people, seriously, with great communication and body language skills be very attractive. They didn't need to be interesting in terms of content. Um, yeah, so that that's what i've got to say on body language i've got a few other things on here talking to myself but i like it next one is lifestyle a lot of people are out there trying to look to bring a valuable person into their life instead of trying to become a valuable person and you got to think especially when someone's looking for a partner and they've got their subconscious kind of radar going all the time for like, who might be a good partner? Not just who might be a good fling or who do I want to kiss tonight, but who do I want to spend some time with? Who do I want to bring into my world? Who do I want to invest in? If you've got nothing going on in your life, if you're boring, that's going to ping red flags for people because it gives you this 
leech-like appearance. If you've got nothing going on in your life, then you're probably a taker more than a giver. You're not going to bring anything to their world that they don't already have. If anything, you're going to come in and they're going to have to share what they've got. They're going to lose with you. You know, you can feel that equation. You'll have felt it with people who are, you know, have less of a lifestyle than you do. You're the kind of person who's got the time to just text you all the time and stuff because they've got nothing going on. There's, you can feel that repulsiveness to it. Like, I'm the best thing in their life. That's sad, you know? Like, that's one of the things about rejection. The only reason a rejection hurts you is because the rest of your life isn't better than that person. You know, if your life is awesome and somebody's like, yeah, I don't think we really clicked last night. You're like, sweet, okay, I'm too busy to deal with this. Moving on. Right? But if you've got nothing going on in your life and the girl's like, yeah, not really my cup of tea. And they're like, oh, now I'm alone and bored by myself. Back to the computer games or whatever, right? Of course, developing an interesting lifestyle hits so many points. For a start, there's so much valued living in developing an interesting lifestyle. As long as you're doing it for you, it's interesting to you, not because you think it will be interesting to others. You know, one of my clients, what he loves to do is go and visit castles. He's trying to like see if he can visit all the castles in the UK. Now, there's no pickup artist book in the world that says that's attractive to women. Okay, so he's doing it for him. And he's found a girl who loves to do it with him, right? But the point was he was doing it for him. So when I say create an interesting lifestyle, again, there's that caveat. If you're doing it to make people like you, you might as well not be doing it. It doesn't count. You have to do it as if like nobody's ever going to like you and you've got to try and enjoy your life more. You want to create an interesting life because you're not going to get any dates, you know, with that kind of mindset, you're really doing it for you. The right person for, for you is going to meet you and think you're interesting based on their lifestyle. You know, it should be hard for you to get a night free after work because you've got so many hobbies, so many interests, you know, you're, you're trying to, God, how can I fit it all in? That's the kind of lifestyle that somebody living by their values creates. I don't mean being busy and stressed, but I mean like so much interesting shit because you've been exploring all these different things, trying things. Whenever you try something and you like it, you keep it. If you don't like it, you move on, find something else. You're constantly looking for new, interesting, exciting things to bring into your world, new skills to learn, new hobbies, traveling to new places, adventures, you know, courses, classes. Just fill your fucking calendar with interesting shit that's interesting to you. The second benefit from that, not only does it, you know, encourage lots of valued living, but that's probably how you're going to meet people. Your kind of people. You don't meet them at home dressed up all nice. You meet them at that new pottery class that you wanted to check out or the life drawing class. Or you go rock climbing and you bump into like a group of three people who also happen to be climbing that rock or whatever, you know, traversing, the, I don't know what they call it, right? I'm, in two weeks, I'm marrying a girl that I met at a dance workshop. I wasn't looking for a girlfriend. I was trying to dance. Was filling my life with dancing. And the skill building thing, which we'll talk about in a second as well, is every time you do something like this, you become a more skilled, better educated, wiser person. Every little thing you do, even if you don't like it. If you travel to a town, you're like, that's a boring fucking town. You know now of that boring fucking town before you didn't know anything. That's an extra thing you know now. That means that you'll be amazed at how much your experiences just pop up in conversation. And when you've got a wide range of experiences, you can talk to a huge range of people and be able to connect with them. 
you know if you travel the world every time someone says i've been there you'd be like yeah that's great i love that city no you've been there too i was like yeah because i travel because i have a life you know or someone's like i've been really getting into art you know just the uh not that long ago i was at my girlfriend's friend's house and they don't speak english so i was kind of tuning out and a kid was there and i've done all this drawing just out of interest so i started drawing for the kid you know and then everyone's like, oh my God, you can draw. You know, it became this interesting thing that we could all talk about and communicate with with our language. Whereas if I hadn't learned how to draw, I would have just been sitting there like, this kid keeps looking at me, what the fuck? Right? It's amazing how these little pointless skills that I've picked up along the way come in real good handy. You know, they, they become in when I need them. Right? Or like the other day, um, my girlfriend's parents needed a hand with some digging and stuff and I've done landscaping for a job. So I was able to just jump straight in there and not have to be like sitting around with, you know, no calluses on my hands sort of going, how do you hold a spade? Like I've done it. So you want to fill your life with activity as much as you can handle before you like getting stressed out. Activity that you love, that challenges you, that builds your values. So that when you actually talk to someone, have a conversation, you've got shit to talk about. When someone doesn't want to be with you, it's fine because you're too busy really to fit people in who aren't interested. When someone does want to be with you, you're like, welcome to my world. We got some shit going on here. Strap in. Rather than like, well, what do you want to do? I got nothing. Right? Stop trying to look for someone where you can suck value out of their life and be someone where they can get value from you. Or even better, you give it to each other. Yeah. So by now, you know, I've probably covered your biggest issues. I've got a lot more on my list, but if your communication skills are weak, if your body language is victim-like, and you've got a boring life, then stop watching now. Go get those things sorted, okay? Because that's your problem. That's why people aren't attracted to you. All right, it's not your personality. It's, it's not that your honesty isn't interesting to people. It's whatever it's like. How can your honesty be interesting if you've got nothing to talk about and if you talk about it in a weak way? Right? So those three should cover most of it, but I'm going to cover some more. Skills. I like to think of life like a computer game. I'm the main character, and I'm just constantly trying to up-level. Because the more I level up, the more interesting the game becomes. There's more that I can do. There's more options. And... One of the things that especially has really appealed to me lately is building man skills. I really want to emphasize that you don't have to be masculine to be a man. There are feminine guys out there. They can hook up well with masculine women. The, the fire is great. You don't have to be masculine. But there's certain things that if you can do them, majority of women are just going to tick a little box in their head and go, hmm. You'd be amazed at how turned on women are by you having basic, protective, problem-solving man skills. And you do not need to be a master tradesman. You just need to know how to do the basics. You surprise them, like, I remember the first time, uh, there was a girl I was seeing a very long time ago. I went around to her house, and uh, she wanted help with something. Oh, it was a door handle. I was struggling with a door handle. She had no tools or anything, and I didn't know that she needed this help. So when I got there, I've got no tools or anything. But I'd worked at Mitre 10 for a little while. I'm like, I've seen door handles. I've got the gist. 
So I got like a, a butter knife out as a flathead screwdriver and I was just taking the door handle apart, making a fucking mess of it. I took it apart. This thing's from like the 1930s. The hole they drilled doesn't work for any other thing. I couldn't fix this thing. The part that she had bought didn't work. But I turned around and she's naked, right? Just from watching me fuck around with the door. The fact that I tried and gave it a go and sort of seemed to half know what I was doing, got it totally turned on, right? It wasn't my fucking potato head that got her all hot. It was the fact that I could undo a screw, right? That I could do something masculine that she didn't know how to do. It, it just speaks in, in volumes that you have these skills. You should know basic plumbing, right? How water goes through pipes, that whole system. Find a plumber, half an hour he'll explain the basics to you. Shit runs downhill. There's a reason that the pipes go like this underneath the sink. You can understand all these things, traps and all the little adjustments. You can go to Mitre 10, you can fuck around with the bits for an afternoon and try to just take shit apart and put it back together. Learn how to turn the water off and so that you can go play with this stuff. A day spent on basic plumbing, not only will it serve you well in the future because that shit costs hundreds of dollars and most of it's a really simple fix when it goes wrong, but you can save a life. You know, oh, fucking water everywhere and you're just like, eat. And like, oh my God, I can't believe you fixed that. Right? It's really easy to learn that shit. Know how to use tools. Know how to use power tools. If anybody's doing some fix-up renos, you know, they're doing some little job, go volunteer as a laborer. Make sure you know how to use a skill saw and a drill. You know how to take the drill bit out and put it back in. You know, you can hit the fucking nail with a hammer. You can chop a piece of wood with an axe. You know, you know the different screwdriver bits. You know why they're different sizes and what you're going to need for each job. And You should have a toolkit. Absolutely. It's these little things go a long way. You should know about construction. You should know about the basics of building a fence, of laying a foundation to do paving. You can even just Google and YouTube this shit, right? But it's mostly stuff you have to learn with your hands. Volunteering, going helping out people that are doing jobs around their house, looking for those opportunities. There's always some dude nearby, a neighbor or something, who's putting up a deck. Go chop wood for them, watch and learn, you know? Should be able to change a tire, change the oil, change the air filter. You don't have to be a master mechanic. But the stuff that, like, you don't want to be calling AA to change a tire. You know, your man points go down the fucking toilet if you've got to do that, you know? It's, it's not about being a man in the old school sense of the word. It's just, like, these are the basics of life where people have problems and, like, the... The patriarch or the matriarch of the family, the protector of the family needs to be able to solve these problems. Okay, so when I say man skills, I don't mean that you have to go be this like 1940s dude. What I mean is don't be scared of getting your hands dirty and getting some blisters and getting a few cuts on your knuckles so that you can fix shit. Because I tell you, it's sexy as hell, really. Okay. Um, and on the other side of that, also creative skills. Even if you're a hardcore engineer, there'll be some creative skill that you can develop just for your own enjoyment, but also it, it adds like, it's like cope with lemon, it adds some flavor to you. You know, you might be this hard out tradie, like, oh yeah, bloody fucking yeah. And all you do is like cut bricks all day, 
And then you're like, oh, and I also play the violin. They're just going to be like, what? No. And it's just going to be this interesting thing about you. You know, so oh, I can also draw like real life sketches. I can paint. Um, I build model planes. Whatever it is, just this little like artistic creative thing that you do for your own enjoyment. that just adds some flavor to who you are. You know, one of the tragedies with guys who get into the whole pickup thing, trying to look masculine and so on, is they're doing all that so much that they've got no time to build any real skills and develop themselves into an interesting person. They just are like trying to get all the time. They just work and then they try to get girls. You know? So, those two. Another one that's really basic, it's not as important as you think, but health, fitness, and hygiene. Now, I've seen so many exceptions to this to know that you can easily uh, hook up with attractive girls without any of these things being ticked. I've seen very unhealthy, very unfit, overweight, smelly guys, you know, hook up with really attractive women. I, I just know that for some reason, this isn't actually a deal breaker. And it isn't much of a point scorer either. You know, I've got a whole range of friends who are like bodybuilders or CrossFit athletes or whatever. Most of the time, their abs just intimidate women. Okay. And make them feel bad about their own bodies. The dad bod goes down pretty well, in my experience. Um, that being said, having energy, being strong, being athletic, good skin, somebody who eats well and takes care of himself, somebody who's disciplined, somebody who can say no to chocolate, it goes some way. It does. You know? Uh, I would put a caveat to not go too far with that. It can be off-putting to someone if you're a dick about it. You know, like, for example, if you're a vegan, that's fine. But every time you go on a date and your girlfriend orders a hamburger, you're like, oh, meat is murder. All right, maybe you guys aren't a good fit. Or maybe you just didn't need to say that because you could just let people live their own lives while you live yours. It's the same with like being into CrossFit or something like that. Be into CrossFit, but you don't have to enlist her. Okay. Show her that you're passionate about taking care of your body, but you don't have to like force feed her all the information about it. So the health, fitness, and hygiene one's an interesting one, but one of the, the key ones that I've seen is guys, like, it's a grooming thing. They, take, they don't take good care of their hair and skin. And it's just, it's yuck. You've got flakes all through your beard, you know, or you're greasy and sloppy in your hair, peeling skin. A real basic fucking like over-the-counter aloe vera-based moisturizer takes care of like half of that. Washing your hair, washing your body, making sure you like actually wash yourself properly every day. You won't be able to smell yourself like other people can smell you. Now, honestly, it isn't actually a big deal breaker. Like I said, like I've just seen too much evidence that unfit smelly guys have no problem with women. Um, but do it for you. Do it. Is, is the value of respect. You do it for that, and that's what will shine through. You know, there's a reason like the real insecure, douchebags, roided up bodybuilder doesn't really actually do that well when it comes to connections and meeting with women. It's because the reasons he's doing it, all that insecurity comes pouring out of him. You know, but the guy who's athletic because he loves to take care of his body and he loves to be fit and strong, 
He loves the sensation of being like that. He doesn't do it for other people. That's very attractive. Yeah. So health, fitness, hygiene, I really don't want to emphasize those too much. I've just seen too much counter evidence to think that those are actually that important. But I do think they're very important for the value of respect. So do those ones for you and the value of respect gets extra points with other people. Next one's leadership. I don't think it's unfair to say that in general, when it comes to attractiveness, leaders do better than followers. Simple. You'll be able to think of an example off the top of your head right now of someone who's incredibly physically unattractive, but still is very attractive because they're a leader. Okay. My favorite one to think of is, is Tony Robbins. Um, I wouldn't say he's ugly or anything like that, but he's a weird looking dude, kind of. You know, his skeleton's too big for his body or something. Uh, he's definitely not the classic Brad Pitt kind of thing. I mean, he's a big beast with big hands. I know that goes a long way, but, you know, he he's just an odd looking guy. You wouldn't say he's ugly. You wouldn't say he's objectively anything. But he is worshipped and adored by women, right? Because he's a charismatic leader. Because he's running something. Because of him, other people have changed their lives. It doesn't take much to be a leader. You don't have to be Tony Robbins, but you could be a Brojo ambassador. You could run your own little hobby. You could just simply make their decisions and initiate when, when a date comes along. You show that you run shit. You should be looking for your own enjoyment. You should be looking for something to lead in your life. Okay. You know, meetup's so great for this. Meetup.com, you can set up your own group. It could just be going to the movies once every two months. It could be, you know, rock climbing. It could be anything. Like if you tend to go for a run, then make it a group thing that you organize. Yeah, because when you meet someone, say, yeah, I run this group thing once a week, she's just going to be like, ding, leader. Right? Leader equals good father. That's hot. Again, you don't do it to be attractive or it loses all its meaning. Like, you're like showing off, like, see, I lead this group. Do you want my penis now? Like, that's not going to work. Right? But if you're just doing it because you're like, okay, I've got to have the courage to organize a group and see if I can tell people what to do and they'll actually follow, like, take that risk of rejection. If you're doing it for those reasons and then you happen to share that with somebody, especially if you can do that, you know, I've run this group because I wanted to overcome my social anxiety. You know, that's hugely attractive. That shows somebody who will step up and do what needs to be done when the family needs them, you know? But initiating is a big one, making, making decisions. My girlfriend just loves it when I make decisions, even when they're stupid, even when she has to like correct them. She just loves that I do it. I'm just like, boom, that, 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 you know? I'm wrong like 50% of the time, but I get shit done, you know? I get it done wrong, but I get it done. She loves that. She loves knowing that if she hits a massive indecisive spot, she just has to go, Dan, and I come in and just smash it away, right? And she loves that, you know, that I'm involved in Brojo, and that I write books that help people, and that I coach for a living. These are all leadership things. It doesn't mean you have to be a leader to be attractive. I mean, we're just talking about that cream on top. If there's an opportunity for lead, take, to take it. You don't have to be a leader all the time, but find that something that you can lead for your own enjoyment. It'll also make you incredibly attractive. This is one they talked about and pick up all the time, this next one. Um, but if you do it for the right reasons, it's actually really healthy. And that is to really find something to get passionate about, a cause to fight for, particularly if it's your career. 
It doesn't have to be your career, but it's about doing something with your life. And I don't mean just the hobbies and the travel and building skills stuff, but I mean like having a reason to live, this mission that you're on, a problem that you're trying to solve, you know, something that you'll fight for, something that you're really interested in, that you study out of pure passion, something that she has to get on board with if she wants to be in your life because you choose it over her. You, you know, I learned that from David Data and put it to the test and found it to be incredibly true, which is when she knows, hey, your mission comes first and she comes second, she actually likes that. A lot of women will test that they don't really mean to, I don't think they even want to, but if you've got like, if you've got a guy and something stands for, there'll be eventually a little test where she says, no, sacrifice that for me. And it's so important the guy says no at that point, you know, but he has to mean it. He has to be like, ah, oh, this is a good tactic to make you like me. It's like, no, no, I, I will give you up for this thing. This thing is what I'm here on earth to do. You know, she sees that then she knows like she's got, I don't know what exactly it shows. It's definitely in the leadership space, but it also shows us this kind of like, this guy isn't going to like nod off and leave me. This guy isn't going to lose meaning. You know, I can actually, my girlfriend really gets into helping me with Brojo and helping me with my work because I think it's something the feminine doesn't really have a mission other than to connect. I really get this stuff from David Data, so it's not exactly science, but... You know, the feminine, you know, somebody who's really feminine, their relationship is their top priority. The connection is what they're here on earth to do. So the masculine, the mission's the top priority. And the feminine loves to, like, get on the coattails of that mission, right? So a feminine woman loves to support a man on a mission. Then it becomes her mission to make sure he does his mission, you know? He becomes the project. It's like something I've seen took me a while to make uh, my peace with at home. But I saw so often that like the biggest, boldest, most masculine leaders are actually the followers at home. The wife is the one steering and directing them, but the wife is all about the mission. She's making sure he's doing it right. You know? So you get guys like, like I have no doubt, like a guy like Tony Robbins, his wife will be actually saying, no, no, get up, go do the thing. You need to do this. She's supporting him to do the mission. He's like, yes, yes, boss, you know. Everywhere else, he's the boss at home. She is. And, and that kind of, it's a very romantic idea. Um, and I've really started to embrace it. Like outside of the house or in coaching sessions, I'm all leadership. But then when I'm like at home, I'm like, so Lucy, what, you know, what do I do next? What do you think is best? What do you think of this idea? I'm constantly like referring to her and bringing her into my world, into my mission and allowing her to like refine me and turn me from my scattered self into like a focused self. But I think if you don't know what you're doing with your life, if you don't have a, a cause that you're passionate about, there's nothing you're fighting for. You need to solve that problem before you solve the relationship problem. You know, unless you're a feminine guy, in which case the relationship would be the cause. Okay, and finding someone is, is the path to, fo to focus on. If, you're, if you've got that masculine urge, I won't go into it in too much detail because it's a separate video, but find something that pisses you off and try to fix it, you know? Anything, doesn't matter. For me, it was confidence issues. When I see people self-sabotaging just because their confidence is fucked, it pisses me off, you know? 
Um, and, and my girl finds that really attractive, you know? So it doesn't mean you have to be ambitious blindly. You don't have to be like Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to go make heaps of money. Like that's sort of attractive. At least you've got something going on. But it's more like, you know, I care about this thing. The funny thing is it doesn't really matter what it is. You know, you could be just like a hard out comic book geek. You're like, oh, look at the lines on this one. This one was drawn by the other guy. You can see the, the fade is terrible. Whatever. You don't have to be like a, a stereotypically masculine interest or passion. You just got to be really into something. Okay. More than you're into her. All right. That's going to be really attractive to the right person for you. I'll wrap this up now. Just talking to myself is tiring, if not ego stroking. The last thing I'll talk about is volunteering. By volunteering, what I really mean is giving freely. You know, and this is especially if you want to, if you want to bag yourself a confident woman, being a needy, selfish taker isn't going to cut it. There's, to the healthiest woman out there, there's something incredibly attractive about being kind and compassionate and giving, which is not the same as being a nice guy. I really don't want to get this message confused here. Confident women are turned off by nice guy behavior, which is being nice to try and get approval. Confident guys can be nice, but it's not to get approval. They're doing it because they look out in the world and they go, how can I reduce the pain that's out there? For, for, so that I can sleep at night. So I feel that I've earned my place on this world. See, unconfident people, they, they don't have time for that. They're too wrapped up in like, how do I get stuff for me? How do I fill the space inside me? Without realizing that actually the switch to confidence is done by becoming giving. And then when you're really doing it for that reason, it's incredibly attractive. You know, and volunteering doesn't necessarily mean going down to the soup kitchen you know, but again, solving a problem you're passionate about. For me, it's really something I look for in every day. I mean, I do my YouTube videos and stuff, and that's partly to serve my business, to be fair. But I'd also do it like, if you give me a billion dollars next week, I'm still going to be making videos. I do it for me. I do it to give. I do it because somebody out there might watch it, and it saves them. I don't know who that's going to be. You know, I've got some videos that have only been watched like 20 times, probably half of them by me when I was editing them, right? But then one person will email me and say like, fuck, I needed this today. I'm like, that's, that's good enough. I'll do it for that, right? Find something like that. Like, is there someone out there where if you just gave them a few minutes of your time, a couple of hours a week maybe, it would just be huge for them, you know? Maybe people who are disabled or people who are poor or people who are struggling in some way. If you've got some elderly neighbors and like it would just go a long way if you mowed their lawn, right? Something you can do it for you so you can go to bed and I go, I might have been an asshole all week, but today I was a good person. The thing is when you're doing that for the right reasons, and especially when you generate that as a personality trait, where you're naturally looking for those opportunities, you're the kind of person to go, oh, and pick up something when somebody drops it and you know, you're just always there to like make life better for people, not to, not to impress them and, and get their approval, but just to make life better for your own reasons. Yeah. That's incredibly attractive to healthy people. You know, they, they see the provider 
the protector. They see the person where it's like, okay, if we have kids together, I can leave the kids with him and they will be good for that experience. You know, they will come out as good kids. And, and if he's the role model to my kids, I can trust that those kids are going to turn out to be good people. You know, that kind of assessment that comes up it has to be consistent behavior done for the right reasons. That one's a bit more in the value space, I suppose. But if anything I've spoken about today, your reaction to it is I never do that. Well, there you go. There's something more for you. Okay. Because I'd say like one of the biggest issues, guys who complain about struggling to be more attractive, this kind of list is it's zero for them. You know, their communication skills suck. Uh, their lifestyle is all about neediness and guessing and not about actually interesting, you know, building of skills or anything. They don't know how to do the basic man shit half the time. They don't take good care of themselves. They don't lead anything. They don't know what they're doing with their lives. They're not very giving. You know, if you've got none of those things going on, then you need to put aside trying to be more attractive and start getting those things sorted. I mean, here's the thing I want to finish with. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, how can you define, how can you know what it means to be attractive? And I thought about it like this. Imagine you have a daughter. You love her more than anything in the world. She is your world, right? And she, uh, age of like 18, she brings a man home. Who do you hope that guy is? When you look at yourself, are you the kind of guy you hope your daughter would bring home? You know, are you the kind of guy you would recommend to your favorite female friends? Are you the kind of guy that you, you hope your sister would date? Think about the woman in your life that you love and, and what you wish for them in terms of finding a man and ask yourself, does that describe me? Or am I much lesser than that? And I don't mean like rich, famous kind of bullshit. But I mean like, do you have an interesting life? Are you on a mission? Do you hold yourself with confidence? You know, do you know how to do shit? Do you know how to take care of business and solve the basic problems of life? Do you tackle them and learn them to make sure you do? You know, are you giving and kind? Is it good to be around you? Do you feel like being around you improves people's lives? And do you have integrity on top of all of that? You know, or do you have integrity first? And that's the icing on the cake. Hope this was helpful. Make sure you uh, add any ideas that you're aware of to, you, to this list as well. I'll emphasize yet again, I think, radical honesty and confidence uh, is all you actually need to be attractive to the right people, but these things will definitely make it a little easier. And they're all controllable. There's nobody watching this right now who can't do any of the things that I just listed, okay? Um, no matter what you've got going on, you can, you know, most of you, if you have access to this and you have access to Wi-Fi, which means you have access to YouTube, which is free. So all the skills I talked about can be learned. Um, you can practice all the other stuff. There's really no reason why you can't stack up some of these points. Be a person of value instead of trying to find someone who's valuable. Yeah, switch the search. Thank you for watching the recording. So I did this alone.
and I'll see you all next time. Cheers.